0: The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello Buglers, and welcome to issue 4278 of The Bugle, which is not only the last best hope of Earth, but also the podcast voted most likely to misuse Abraham Lincoln quotations in the first minute of a show. (laughs) Uh, I'm Andy Zaltzman, and this is a podcast very much performed, produced, and listened to predominantly by human beings, meaning it is a show of the people, by the people, for the people. Come on, we want to cling on to that title. Let's meet our co-hosts. Now, I've always believed that in times like the present, men should utter nothing for which they would not willingly be responsible through time and eternity. <laughs> Therefore, we've booked two women as our co-hosts this week. <laughs> three out of three. Take that, Lincoln, Your great big stringy old hat-wearing, hipster-bearded, memorial-dwelling, quotation-chundering, trip to the theatre-ruining loom. You've been schooled. <laughs> um... Anyway, we have to try to find some light in the world's darkness this week. We have Ria Lina and Tiffany Stevenson. Uh, welcome back to The Bugle, both of you. How are you?
1: Good. I mean, to be fair to Lincoln, I don't think the play was that great before he got shot. <laughs> I love that, that,
2: that we could rewrite that as now being like, this is how you ruin a play. Get yeah. assassinated. <laughs> or, so rude.
1: I, or did it make it better? Did everyone go, ooh, finally, some drama?
2: Oh, they've really broken the fourth wall with this one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They've gone out into the audience. I mean, don't include this in the final record if it's too soon, by any
2: means. (laughs) (laughs) That that makes me laugh because I I did a show, was it last night or maybe at the weekend? And um, I said we were heading into an apocalypse. And I said, you always know when you're heading into apocalypse because comedy is booming. I bet it was a right laugh the night before Pompeii. (laughs) <laughs> and a woman in the audience went, oh, no. And I was like, too soon? Too soon to do the Pompeii <laughs> Uh
0: We are recording on the 23rd of October, 2023. Um, on the 22nd of October, uh, 4004 BC. Well, that was the date the world was created, according to the Bible. Um, and also according to James Usher... The thinking chronologists, mid seventeenth century primate of all Ireland, who put all the evidence together available at the time to conclude that the world was launched around six PM on the twenty second of October, four thousand and four BC. I mean if you're gonna launch a, a new planet, would you do it would you do it six PM? Do you not wanna like you know, get the morning yeah. morning news cycle? Six PM <laughs> seems a weird time to <laughs> And yeah.
1: 2210, it doesn't have a really, really have a ring yeah. to it, does it, 2210?
2: Right. I don't know, maybe they were aiming for like an early bird special or something. It's possible. I mean, get in at six, uh, I mean, that's, have something to that's, eat.
1: That's, <laughs> that's most of Monday gone, isn't it? Because it was a Monday, wasn't it? it was,
0: yes, it would have been a Monday, wouldn't it? It would have yeah. been a
1: Monday. Yeah. That's most of it. Go- like, although, to be fair, maybe God was, was you know how, you know, he probably was procrastinating, you know what, <laughs> what I mean? You get up on a Monday and you're like, oh, I really need to create Earth today. Oh, I'm um, just going to make a cup of tea first. I'm just going to, you know, go through my mail. Yeah,
2: maybe Bob Geldof had had a word in his ear. It's, it's said possible. I don't like Mondays, so just move it. <laughs> like if we could have half of it, half a day, um, <laughs> it would be better.
1: Or maybe that was the smallest job, and he's like, I don't need a full day for this job. <laughs> so he just went boom. By seven, he was done. He was having tea. Yeah,
0: it's possible. I mean, just it was six p.m. this time of year, just as the sun was starting to go down. Uh, or as we now, now know, just as the sun was staying exactly where it was and the brand new earth chose for whatever reason to rotate in a west to east direction. If it had gone the other way, we'd have had evening in the mornings and mornings in the evenings and I think breakfast would have been our evening meal uh, upon such threads. Um,
1: Is nothing wrong with pancakes at night. <laughs> <Test of laughs> I'm sorry. Um, we all do it once a year. I don't, you know, we can do it the rest of the year but also, wasn't Monday the day he created the sun?
0: Um, oh that's a good, I'm um, a bit rusty yeah. to be honest. I know. <laughs>
1: dare you? It's the only half of the book you're supposed to know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, it's right at the beginning. Oh, i forgot a little, I forgot it all by the end. Um, I like
1: the fact that it was
2: just arbitrary. I'm going to spin yeah. this way, or I'm going to spin this yeah. way.
0: Gone you can't, way. You
2: can't tell a girl what to do.
0: <laughs> um, uh, it was 6pm, end of a long working day to me. It sounds like someone just hacked out an imperfect planet to meet a deadline. Uh, I'm not saying he should have worked unpaid overtime... But maybe it would have been better to admit I haven't finished this yet. It's a bigger, bigger project than I was anticipating. It's more complicated than the other planets that, frankly, I hacked together in no time because I couldn't be asked to make them even slightly inhabitable. I mean, you know, that's a very male attitude. So if we do need proof that God is male, I think the fact that he just launched Earth at 6pm on the 22nd of October is probably the final, uh, the final proof that we, uh, we possibly need. Um, Did God some, have
2: ADHD? Is that what you're telling me?
1: Yeah, that's why they all have
2: Just different half lengths of hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. um,
0: I'm going to go do another one now. I'm bored. It, it should be said for the sake of balance that some experts have cast doubt on the 6pm, 22nd of October, 4004 BC date. For what? The cre- no, creation. I creation. took it as
1: gospel. <laughs> uh.
0: Um suggesting it might have been wrong by somewhere in the 100 million percent region, uh, give or take. Others claim the official launch might actually have been at 9.30 a.m. on the 23rd of October, 4004 B.C., and that God merely put the Earth in position at 6 p.m. on the 22nd in order to be ready for the gala launch the following morning, Uh, even though he hadn't actually invented mornings at that point, I think I'm right in saying. Um, The launch was not without its problems, of course.
1: No, no, the the gala launch was on the Sunday. Oh, right, okay. You really are rusty. I'm, I'm, be- I'm very, very, very <laughs> rusty. <laughs> um,
0: God, of course, spent much of the next week adding various bits of functionality to his new orb, such as day and night, land and sea, the sun and the moon, plants, animals, wasps, why, the groove, base, snark, mistaking <laughs> <order form>, the <laughs> and uh, trains, uh, which were withheld after issues arising from the lack of tracks at the time. But it wasn't long before uh, things started going wrong for the world, as God got impatient and made a couple of nudie people to keep himself entertained, and the rest... <laughs> Is unremittingly squabbly history, and just over 6,000 <laughs> years later, here we are, and everything is pretty much uh, The moral of the story, take your f***ing time. Um, on the um, 23rd of <laughs> October, 1940... 1940- <laughs>
1: it, it really brings a new meaning to uh, the phrase garden snake, because if, if they didn't have trousers... Um,
0: exactly. <laughs> that's yeah.
1: Oh, And everything is run by apple.
0: Well, there you go. <gasps> Some things never change, Tiff. It was predicted in the beginning. <laughs> Oh, well, because it was Microsoft in the beginning was Word. That was Microsoft initially, and then, of course, Apple came <laughs> in as a challenger. Um, uh, 23rd of October 1947, celebrity animator Walt Disney testified to the House Un American Activities Committee. Um, the committee was trying to find out people who indulged in un-American activities such as compromising, respectfully listening to other people's views, cricket and ordering a small size soft drink and communism of course. (laughs) Uh, Disney uh, named uh, his own employees that he believed to be communists including Donald Duck the nephew of arch-capitalist Scrooge McDuck often goes (laughs) goes that way in families (laughs) Goofy, uh, the uh, the cartoon dog, not sure there was much evidence of that more than the fact that he wore a turtleneck and a hat. Uh, Oswald the lucky rabbit of course, was originally Oswald the idealistic rabbit. Um, Pinocchio, uh, straight out of the Stalinist ministry for truth. And uh, Eeyore, uh, from the uh, Winnie the Pooh uh, Disney cartoon. Eeyore, short of course for egalitarianism transmuting inevitably into authoritarianism. Anyway, all uh, up before, uh, <laughs> before the beak, thanks to Walt Disney. Uh, as always, a section of The Bugle is going straight in the bin. Uh, this week, uh, New World Records... Um, There was a sensational world record set a couple of weeks ago for the world's largest ever pumpkin. We will have more pumpkin news later. That is a phrase I never thought I'd hear myself say. (laughs) (laughs) We look uh, look at uh, uh, other records that could be set uh, in the rest of this year, including most simultaneous utterances of the phrase, oh, God, we're doomed, Uh, most sincere use of the phrase, I'm sure it will all turn out for the best, longest strand of spaghetti, that's contingent on a court case, that allows an Italian, uh, an Italian train company to define the new Milan-to-Beijing railway as pasta for tax purposes. <laughs> and uh, most, <laughs> most abuse disseminated on social media. Uh, new record, uh, the social media user at 2 true for You has clocked up his or her, or their, sorry, definitely his, 350,000th uh, different individual abused via social media platforms. A total of 3.7 million discreet individual insults, threats and sundry other vituperances, which have been delivered at a rate of around 500 per day since Act2True4U first logged into MySpace in 2003, and realised quite how much easier and less risky it had become to dispense viciously worded personal infections, rather than his previous method of waiting for a train or bus to reach his next stop, swearing at someone and then jumping off. Uh, act true 4 u uh, tweeted, sorry, X'd that he was humbled to be the new record holder, although the previous uh, record holder at MrRealityHammer, X'd in response, that act too true for you should have crawled under a rock and died. Uh, re- records to look out for next year include the least dignified election campaign. That section in the bin. Oh. It feels like quite a long start, that.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it was a big bin, wasn't it? <laughs> it's a really big, big bin.
0: Big bin.
2: And it's on fire.
0: <laughs> so I often, I often find, I don't know if you find this as well, that when the news is as it is now, and I think we can fairly say this, difficult for comedy, uh, I find it much easier to write shitloads of bullshit. Uh, So (laughs) that might explain why that beginning was so long this week. (laughs) Top story this week, and uh, yes, it's unfortunately still the same top story as it was last week and the same top stories it'll be for the foreseeable uh, future. And it remains, as I said, uh, awkward uh, to talk about. On a comedy show, as, uh, as, we, as we talked about last week, um, uh, quite how awkward uh, it is, the uh, Middle East situation has not, sadly, uh, been magically fixed by a visitation from, uh, I don't know, God coming out of retirement and clarifying exactly whose bit is whose. Uh, so hang- it's
1: Well, hang on. Biden's old, but I know he's not God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, uh, Simon Evans on the news quiz last week points out that Joe Biden is literally older than Israel. Um, uh, when he's so, yes, um,
1: mind so, blowing, but he had yeah. like six years or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um,
0: so he he visited um, and used some curious language. He described Hamas as the other team at one point, and I don't know if he's just trying to appeal to sports fans to stop them watching the sport and pay attention to the world's leading crisis instead. But the other team—that's a. That's a curious way of of putting it uh, in these difficult times. And he also made a prediction that, um, well, even by the standards of an octogenarian whose grasp on reality is maybe not quite what would be optimal for a leader of the world's most powerful country, predicted that freedom will win, which was, I mean, one of the most wildly optimistic uh, predictions I've ever heard. I mean, I think freedom at the moment is about 100 to one in the betting. Um, it's pretty hard to see how it can win. He did say the terrorists will not win and I agree with that because terrorists never win, they just share defeats more uh, more widely. But free and I'm a huge fan of freedom. It's been one of my favorite hobbies throughout my adult life. I really hope the big <laughs> f can do it. And I admire the old man's optimisms, but it seems it seems unlikely. Um, I mean we don't need to go into too much detail o- on this, but as as you know comedians and citizens of this planet um how how have you how have you how have you dealt with the last the last two weeks
2: it's this social media situation i think is out of control so when it f- sort of first happened i was like okay so sort of cautiousness and then everyone's throwing an opinion and speaking and you're like please stop speaking now we've moved into a phase where um you know People are saying, actually, you can't get it wrong, so speak up. If you have a platform, you should speak up. It's your responsibility. Followed by a list of examples where people have got it wrong and how they should all f- off and die. <laughs> um, so it's a bit of a. It feels like a bit of an impossible situation to mention anything without mentioning everything.
0: Yes. Yeah. No. I do. I. I'd, uh, I'd agree with that. And yeah, it's 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 basically impossible. I think to to uh, to, to get everything right.
1: If you only say one thing. That everyone that you didn't say something for is going to attack you for not saying it. But if you say everything, uh, A, you're going to be shadow banned. There goes your platform. But B, you know, you're going to – if you say nothing, you're going to be in trouble. If you say one thing, you're going to be in trouble. If you say everything, then no one's going to trust that you're not just looking for attention on social Mm -hmm. media. So there's there's no win in this situation.
2: Well, Rishi went as well, didn't
1: he? he Which he is did. like
2: sending in Rishi Sunak to broker peace in the Middle East is like sending in a supply teacher to break up a school fight. You know, no one respects him; he's going to get fucking wedged.
0: Yes, and I, By I both yeah, teams. It, <laughs> he, he, he sort of turned up in the Middle East, and it was nice of you know both Israeli and Palestinian leaders to take some time to give him advice on how to deal with the infighting in the Conservative Party, and offer to send peacekeeping forces for the next time they have a leadership election. That was, was kind of touching. <laughs> And given the how busy they are uh, at the moment. He he tagged in for Biden, essentially, after Biden had... Um, uh, had uh, Biden had also said he urged Israel not to be consumed by rage, um, which history suggests is much easier said than done by quite a large margin. And also being told by someone who lives in 2020s America not to be consumed by rage. is like being told by Mariah Carey not to sing quite so many notes or by a flamingo not spend so much time standing on one leg. It just... America as a nation, I think, sets a bad example uh, in that uh, in that regard. Uh,
1: maybe his freedom comment was almost him passing a very difficult ball to Rishi. You know, freedom will win. Deal with that, Rishi. <laughs>
0: yeah, go well, on, pick well, that up. Well, well, Rishi then said to Netanyahu, "I hope you win." It's not clear if he meant he hopes he wins his war or his motherload of court cases. It's possible. Uh, it's possible both. And he also said, "I know that you are taking every precaution to avoid harming civilians," in direct contrast to the terrorists. Of Hamas, and I think even Netanyahu looked a bit surprised by that and possibly whispered into Sunak said, Did you mean every? Because I mean, it's quite clearly not, not, not every uh, precaution. Um, it's, uh, and I think what I found also is that you know, I've never been very good at multitasking. I'm, you know, I have basically a maximum of two, possibly three skills in life if you uh, count uh, making a very good um, carbonara. Uh, as one of them. But I have found that I'm better at one aspect of multitasking, which is that I can think more than one thing is appalling at the same time. Uh, and as you say on social media, that a lot of people don't seem to have evolved that capability uh, quite yet.
2: Yeah, there needs to be a paper clip. You know, like the paper clip that goes, it looks like you're trying to write a letter, can I help? Um, it, you need a paper clip that says, it looks like you're engaging in Whataboutery, <laughs> can I help? <laughs> Like, that, I've thought that way before, you know, this recent round. But it, it just, uh, it, when you said there that Rishi had tagged in f- for Biden, it made me think of them as like a wrestling team. And now I need mind bleach to get the idea of
1: <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Rishi Zunak and no. Joe Biden in those in, little, in those little, in, I- you unitards. know, leotard things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. it's Biden taking a chair and like smashing it. <laughs> the first thing I thought when I saw that Rishi had gone was, oh, I bet he took a private plane. That's like that's how much <laughs> I've been geared to just hate him traveling. Is just going, oh, oh, and how did you get there? Should have should have walked, <laughs> taken a small boat, mate. <laughs>
0: For those uh, wanting, uh, like, well, certainly me, uh, to find uh, things to take your mind off global problems. Uh, a few suggestions from The Bugle, um, other than the obvious of watching as much sport as humanly possible. Um, one uh, Option one is to calculate the volume of things. Have you ever wondered what the volume of an orange is, or maybe of a medium-sized dog? Perhaps you've long been curious about the volume in litres of a lamppost, a bollard or a hedge. Well, if you haven't, now might be a good time to start doing some calculations because it's going to be a lot more f-ing fun than sitting down to watch the latest update from our Middle East correspondent, sad-faced Brian. Uh, alternatively, option two is uh, to wonder about sports stars whose names sound most like brand names or diseases. Was Dutch footballer Romeo Zondervan the biggest rival to the Ford Transit in its early days? Have they ever found a <laughs> cure for Vetus Gerolitis? And uh, is a Scalp Burger truly edible? Uh, Alternatively, option three, learn to play the sitar. Now, the reason I say this is that um, it was my birthday recently and I saw my brother at the weekend and he gave me a sitar. (laughs) Now, it was not a present I was expecting. Sitar is quite a chunky instrument. Um, He'd picked it up in an antique shop. Now, I play very, very rudimentary guitar. But I thought, what a weird present. And I thought... Well, I mean, it's, it's a notoriously complicated instrument, the sitar. He knows that, you know, I, I, at times like this, I, try, I, I struggle consuming too much news. He's given me something that would take me, I think it could take me out of circulation for five years trying to learn the sitar. Um, have any of you ever given it a go?
2: No, I love the sound of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, not, not if you've heard me attempt to play my new sitar. You wouldn't.
2: Oh, we've got, we've got unplayed, uh, unplayed banjos in this house, which yeah. is a great band
1: name. Some, some people know I play the ukulele, uh, and that's that's where my stringed instrument journey will stop. Four yep. strings yep. is sufficient. I I do not understand how guitars work when you <laughs> only have five fingers and they have six strings. Like <laughs> I just I still I mean I'm good at math, and yet that b- blows my mind. So no, the sitar is.
0: Well, the sitar got seems to have about twenty strings on it. Um... Yeah,
1: exactly. It's it's voodoo. It's it's magic. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs>
0: Anyway, um, over the next five years, I'll take can- you through my journey of failing to learn how to play the guitar.
1: <laughs> I think every episode you should do a couple of strums or something, and we can just <laughs> hear it evolve over time. Just a quick question on behalf of the listener: um, yep. When we're calculating the volume of things, are we are we literally imagining the lamppost is hollow and filling it with water, or are we imagining the entire lamppost being replaced by liquid, and are we assuming water so it's a one to one? Oh. ratio of well, just I'll, just I mean, just 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 for those that are questioning how well, we do that particular know, you, exercise you bring,
0: you bring a scientist's approach to this um i'd, I'd not really I'd, i hadn't really thought that much i would maybe just like put it in a bath and see how much water is displaced if you can get a, you have to get a lamppost shape you know path. what
1: that is a great answer that yeah. is a perfect <laughs> that is that answers everything well done <laughs> i am off to find a very large bathtub <laughs> Also, just the other thing, because some listeners will be irritated by this, and I know I am. Um, Goofy is a dog, but Pluto is also a dog. And one is a pet, and the other one's anthropomorphized. So Disney had a lot more to answer for than just communism. And I just want (laughs) to put that out there. that that, that, Pluto's the pet, right? Yes, but they're both dogs. Why does one get to talk, and the other one is just a
0: dog? I don't know. That's I know. Maybe that's a satire on communism in itself. Um, (laughs) Right?
1: Yeah. Some of us are more. Some we're all equal, but some of us are more (laughs) equal than others. others.
0: (laughs) Other news now. Uh, So uh, we're going to try and find some little uh, shafts of uh, uh, of hope, of optimism, or distraction uh, over the course of the rest (laughs) the rest of this show. Let's start with uh, some new research. Um, Now, we talk a lot about uh, what research has found on the bugle. And, you know, some research is worthwhile. Others, other research, less worthwhile. I mean, is this bit of research going to be one of the useful ones? Like another vaccine for or is it going to be something like carrots grow faster if you play them 1980s pop hits, <laughs> or if you leave a gibbon alone in a room with a photocopier at some point it will photocopy its own ass, or if you accidentally pick a pack lunch in the Large Hadron Collider at CERN and whiz it around for half an hour you might destroy the planet, but you might also end up with a surprisingly drinkable smoothie. Well, I don't know where this <laughs> this new piece of research is going to is going to sit in on on that that continuum of research pointlessness. But they found that people pay less attention to tasks if they're working alongside a robot. Now, uh, Ria, as I said, you are a you are a, a scientist, um, a, a qualified scientist, yeah. the, best, the best kind of scientist.
1: Well, um, you know what? A robot did my, my thesis, so <laughs> does it count? Uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, this is this surprising? What they found here that um, that that I mean that, that people pay less attention if they think a robot is doing it for them.
1: Well, do you know what? I mean, when you actually look into the study, so this is about something called social loafing, which is what we already do when we're working in a team and we think someone else will do more of the work for us and we can still take credit. So we already socially loaf as a, as, as a, as a species. It's the main reason I hated teamwork in school, because <laughs> I was the one that did all the work and then I had to share the credit. Uh, But then they thought, ooh, will humans see themselves as above robots? Will they trust a robot? Will they they socially loaf with a robot? And what they found is, is that if they first made the robot look like it was doing a good job, then people would socially loaf. And it... Doesn't blow my mind. I'm like, really? Oh yeah. no. But I mean, but we're trained, we're trained to actually give things over to technology. I mean, when I was growing up as a kid, I had, I don't know, at least a dozen telephone numbers memorized, all my friends' landlines and all that. Now couldn't remember I couldn't tell you a single friend's telephone number. <laughs> yeah. I struggle I struggle to remember my kids' phone numbers and I need those. <laughs> uh, I mean The day then- we were all handed a calculator
2: and and wrote the word boobs on it. Was the day that we handed over any kind of autonomy <laughs> in trusting our own?
1: And this, a, th- this our, is our our the difference. This is the difference between you and me, Tiff. Is that you got a calculator and you wrote boobs, but I got a calculator and I wrote boobless because <laughs> <laughs> we are we are. Different you got those women.
2: those seven, three, and extra fives, and I forgot about those. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I get all. You know, we we're already work. It's, what's interesting about this is the idea that we're like leaving the robots to do it. But we're actually working for the robots already. Right now we are we are training them. We Mm -hmm. are working for them. When you go into Google Capture, that's literally just going human eyes like training the robots to recognise that's a traffic light, that's a motorbike, that's a bridge. That's Mm. a sign. You know, we're Mm. we're already, we're already working for them. I already receive all my messages from the machines. Like sometimes I feel like they're trying to insult me. Actually, my (laughs) handbag the other day was so heavy when I put it on the front seat of the car. It came up with a message that I needed to, um, the passenger needed to put their seatbelt on. (laughs) (laughs) My handbag is so full of crap. Um, but you know, sometimes I'll, I'll go to the, uh, I'll tap my oyster card and it will say "Incomplete Journey," and I I view that as spiritual advice. <laughs> so that's where I get most of my modern philosophy. If the if the if the computer says accept cookies, I'm going to have cookies. All this right. is I just I'm I'm taking it all on. Um, I mean, am I the only one
1: that has a higher expectation of robots than people?
0: Uh, <laughs> like, well, I, no. I, I mean,
1: this, I mean surely. this doesn't surprise me as a study.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what robots are for, isn't it? I mean to to do stuff better better than us. At least that's what they're for in the current interim period between us inventing them specifically so we can slack off and right. them taking over the planet and making our children and their children work their asses off for them. So I mean that's we're, we're in the sweet spot right now aren't we? Yeah, but
1: I'm, I'm sorry but I mean again as a tech geek, as an autistic I do not think we'll be working for the robots in the future because the robots right. wouldn't have us. Have you seen <laughs> us? So we're ro- inconsistent. We, we have no attention spans. What robot would go and we will Get the humans to do some of these jobs. <laughs>
0: what? Good point. That's a good point. <laughs> um, I, I know, uh, you know also. You know,
2: Maybe ha- we'll be used as a power source.
0: Alternative. <laughs> we'll ah. They'll be but plugging in a, and a, charging on from a us. Giant hamster wheel with all of humanity <laughs> on it. Um, that could work. Um,
1: it, but will it be an onshore hamster wheel or an offshore <laughs> hamster wheel?
0: You can't have an offshore hamster, can you? I mean, that's lethal. Um, Isn't that a beaver? Uh, uh, I don't know if beavers, beavers don't live in the sea. Um,
2: <laughs> what would be the version of a hat? What's the closest then to a what
0: is that, the hamster of the sea? I mean, you don't really get
1: what is the know, hamster of the sea. It, it's got to be a puffer fish because when a hamster yeah. puts all that food in its mouth,
0: yeah, just like okay. just oh, like yeah. a puffer fish. But it's not. That's not a great thing to put on your poster as a species, is it? The hamster of the otter, sea. an otter. <laughs> yeah. I think they're still fresh the freshwater. There's still no, water. no,
2: otters. Ot- otters oh, you are in... sea otters.
0: You do get sea, sea otters, otters.
2: otters. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen those guys. Chunky. Yeah. Thought yeah, they're chunky.
1: They're, they can be quite vicious, but they're also very cute.
0: Yeah.
2: So, like a
1: hamster. I mean, well, do, you know what? You cannot be distracted by the cuteness. That's how Rishi Sunak became prime minister. We went, oh, lucky, so Rishi. cute.
2: Rishi. <laughs> wasn't he called Dishy Rishi?
1: He was. During the pandemic. I yeah. think it was the eat out to help out that gave him that. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, but, I mean, of course this happens that we rely on, on, on technology. I know, you know, if there is a toaster in my kitchen... I put less effort into glaring at the bread so the intensity of my stare burns it <laughs> to a crisp. You know, we rely on technology. Um, and also there are other but things
1: the that... toaster makes you take it out and butter it yourself. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. um,
0: there, there are other things that make people pay less attention at their desks. Uh, from my 11.5-month uh, experience of having an actual job, one of which is having a TV uh, in your office that your boss couldn't mm-hmm. see uh, and they're being sport on that TV. Uh, another was not giving a flying f*** about your job. Uh, and also, uh, another thing was thinking that your job, your boss and your company were all complete waste of time and indeed space. So those also dipped the productivity level, I found. Pokemon news now. And, um, uh, well, mayhem in Amsterdam uh, due to... Uh, a. a a, a, a clash of civilizations between Vincent van Gogh the celebrity uh painter from the late 19th <laughs> century uh, and pokemons um uh, this was after a fictional cartoon weird-tailed pseudo rodent brought the van Gogh museum to an absolute standstill they had to stop selling limited edition limited edition pokemon cards of pikachu in the style of Vincent van Gogh's self-portrait with a grey felt hat because caused safety concerns due to the what well, kind of I don't know how to describe this I mean mayhem seems seems appropriate that <laughs> but, but people were so desperate to get their these these po- these limited edition pokemon cards that they brought an art gallery to a complete standstill is this is this the logical endpoint of all human civilization Where can we <laughs> can we ever look ourselves in the face as a species again and think we are worth persevering with if we we end up with scenes of violence over uh, Pikachu dressed as Vincent Van Gogh.
2: Well, listen, he can rock a grey felt hat. I think, Fair you point. know, like, can he wear it? Is he slaying? Yes. Yep. Pikachu is slaying. <laughs> um, it was actually a free card they gave away after a treasure hunt. So that's what mm. people were going mad for. So you had to go and visit the exhibition, which is quite clever. You know, do the treasure hunt. And, and now they've stopped. But I, I I sort of think of the museum, oh, like, oh, we got too popular and everyone was having too much fun. Art should not be fun. That's <laughs> what that sort of feels like. Like there were kids who were going who'd never been in spite of living right next to the museum. So if they get to see Pokemon and they get to see uh, Van Gogh, that's, that's a good idea. Like I like, I think there should be more of that, like engaging like kids stuff with art, like. Like imagine if the Muppets recreated some of the masters. Like I'd buy all of those, or like a garbage Pail kids' version of the Last Supper, and the apostles <laughs> would be like Cheetah Peter, Junk Food John, and Splat Matt. That would be amazing. I want someone make that, please. Um, so, but I just think whatever connects people to the classics is is a good thing, right? You know, why why are they complaining? Yeah. It's too popular
1: well i'm i i have to say my first instinct was despair that this is where we have to sink to to get people to come into a museum is 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 to combine it with pokemon uh it 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 blows my mind that there were people who lived next door that went yeah, we never thought about going until Pokemon came to town uh, so i I don't know. I mean, but at the same time, I think you're right, Tiff. I would go to the portrait. I've, I live near the Portrait Gallery, the National Portrait Gallery. I've never been in. And you're right if they'd put more interesting people in there. <laughs> I don't need to see the Queen seven times. <laughs> I've got stamps. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, Look, how many people buy the pictures of dogs dressed as
2: royalty? Or cats as kings and queens. No, you're not wrong. You're not (laughs) wrong. I
1: I mean, if they put if they put all the memes, if they had a meme gallery, I'd go to that. So I'm, you know, I'm as bad as as Mm. as my judgment. I went to the
2: Magritte Museum when I was in Brussels, and that was incredible. But you know, I'm, you know, yeah. Like, if you're someone that loves it, then you'll seek it out. But if you, in terms of engaging new people Mm. and just how we. Do like you're like you know like an art gallery. A picture is like a like a meme that you could just stare at for ninety seconds. Instead, yeah. a painting is like a meme you could stare at.
0: I particularly yeah. liked at the uh, the Magritte <laughs> uh, Museum the Susie and Tamagotchi. Uh, a particularly moving piece. I thought. Um,
1: Does it? D- who who keeps it alive overnight? Oh, I
0: don't know. That's a very well, it's not a Tamagotchi,
2: question, is it? Yeah. It's just a it's just a painting of a Tamagotchi. Yeah.
0: Um, oh,
1: so it's forever alive but also forever dead. That's...
0: Well,
2: that's... It's now Schrodinger's Tamagotchi.
1: Tamagotchi.
0: <laughs> the irony of art. Uh, well, someone from the uh, the, Van Gogh Museum, <laughs> the Van Gogh Museum said, it's even busier than the Vermeer. And you've got to feel sorry for poor old Johnny Vermeer, slugged his painty guts out in the mid-17th <laughs> century trying to perfect his art, his craft. <laughs> Dying in debt, only achieving true fame a couple of hundred years after he lived. Now finding himself on the undercard to some fictional cartoon characters who couldn't paint a pearl earring if their non-existent lives depended on it. What a waste. <laughs> what a waste of a life.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm fine with all of it, as long as Pikachu doesn't slice his own ear off. <laughs> like I'm just worried about the state of his mental health.
0: Uh, from what I remember about the Pokemons, there was one called Bulbasaur, who was squat, reptilian and stubborn, which I thought was an obvious parody of Vladimir Putin. Um, there was um, Ivy Saw, who I think was implicated in the Kennedy hit. From memory, I can't. I can't it's all because but, but, I was reading a book at the same time. I can't. I can't quite remember. Um, uh, there was uh, one called Del Catty, which uh, apparently prefers to live completely free of priorities, doing only what it pleases at its own pace. And uh, I think the influence of that led to Boris Johnson becoming Prime Minister. Um, you can draw draw <laughs> the dots between that fairly. There was Priapico, the horniest of the Pokemon. Um, uh, horny, uh, horny as. Yeah, uh, that was uh, unfortunate. That was decommissioned after it flashed its penis <laughs> at a <the> bus <buster. laughs> uh, But
1: anyways, I, I can't remember but exactly. <laughs> I'd go and see that artwork. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Moving on now to priest versus pumpkin news. <coughs> and, well, I mean, this is a rivalry as old as time itself. Um, a parish priest has had to apologise to local children in the Czech uh, Czech Republic after <laughs> stamping all over Halloween pumpkins near his church, claiming that he was protecting the children um, by removing satanic symbols. Uh, which, I mean... <laughs> is that not a slight overreaction to a Halloween pumpkin I mean how (laughs) quite how also as long term buglers will know I mean the the research we've done on this show shows that Halloween was in fact a Christian festival and goes back to when his uh, to when a teenage Jesus turned his mate's head into a pumpkin and then told the power (laughs) of a sexy nurse Um,
2: It's my favourite time of the year. This is where the Scots and the Irish argue over who invented Halloween while the Americans get furious in the comments. It's a fun time to sit back and watch that. But also, well, you have to remember, Andy, about this. You think this is an overreaction, but pumpkin spice lattes are at a premium right now, so you just got to do what you can. Well, he could be in with Big Pumpkin. He could be in with Starbucks. They are the yeah. spice melange of basic Instagram posts at this time of the year,
0: you know? I mean... I th- <laughs> it's, it's quite th- an impressive display, really, when you say, because I'm looking at the photos. There's quite a lot of pumpkins there, and he's really gone at them hard.
1: I, and you know what? I, I'm going to be honest, I'm relieved. So the Czech Republic, Czech, no, it's Checha now, isn't it? Checha is not known for being that religious. So here we have this, this random Catholic priest in the middle of, of Checha uh, trying to protect children from evil. And, uh, and normally they are the evil, aren't they? The Catholic priests, they are the evil. Of- <laughs> That put children in danger. So the fact I'm looking at the picture and I'm relieved to see that he stamped on all of the pumpkins. Because if he stamped on all of them but one or two, I'd be like, <laughs> "Go check on those children and make sure they're okay." Because that's that's a weird favoritism <laughs> that he's displaying there. So luckily, he hates all children, uh, and I think this is something that should be celebrated. Well, you said earlier, Andy, about the the
2: football teams and stuff. Do you think he was like? You know, he's a priest. He's like, listen, this is satanic. I'm team God. That's not my team. And when it's not your team, people do mad stuff. Like, And this is genuinely true. Once um, I saw some Rangers fans, um, this was a European Cup final, and they were playing St. Petersburg, I think. I saw some Rangers fans kicking in a carling sign because it was green. Right. <laughs> so you got to think, like, if it's the opposing team... The Level that people are willing to go to to um to destroy the um memorabilia, yeah. And uh, is it would pumpkins be memorabilia of uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I like I the um, oh, what's the word? Why can't I think of the word? Um, what's all merch? the stuff you buy? Merch, merch. that's it, yes. Yeah. The other team's merchandise, he's literally just destroying the other
1: team's merchandise,
0: yeah.
1: Wow. I mean, I mean, I know it happened in Ireland that they hate, or- you know, this whole orange, you know, thing, but <laughs> that it's made it all the way to Checha. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I mean, he made an absolute mess of these. these. Two days running, apparently, oh. as well. I'm um, I mean, looking at the photos. It's possible also that he didn't have anything to do with it and the pumpkins just played rugby against each other. Um, it's, <laughs> but that is also a possibility. We'll have to wait for the forensics to come back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think I think his footmark and his and his well more importantly his confession yeah. um something that they <laughs> they do do a lot of in the Catholic Church, I think that kind of closed the case there, Andy <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess so. I mean that would be a weird thing to hear in confession' <clears throat> wouldn't it I've smashed up a pumpkin, really <laughs> um, do
1: you think he like runs between the two boxes when he confesses to himself, oh, or does I he think, just yeah. stay in the one box'
0: I mean, because now you know, given what we now know a lot of Catholic priests have done. There must be a sort of rotating confession box where it just automatically spins from one side to the other so that you can, can you can confess to yourself. I don't know, I had to do it at the speed of sound so that you could hear your own confession coming back into your... I don't know. I've not, not really thought
2: <laughs> it. I, mean. I like the headline for this that just said, Ch- um, uh, village priests sorry for smashing pumpkins. And I was like, they weren't that bad a band. <laughs> you don't have to come out and apologise for <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, there's other pants you, you want to apologise for before <laughs> that, certainly. Um, so I mentioned earlier on that a new world record was set for the largest ever pumpkin. that was set in Minnesota by a Minnesota-based pumpkin edition. 1.4 tonnes uh, of pure pumpkin. That is the superhero the world li- needs right now. Slower than a speeding bullet, less powerful than a locomotive, unable to leap small buildings, let alone tall ones in a single bound, Bound, but heavier than a Ford Fiesta and knobbly. Really, really knobbly. Uh, <laughs> 2750 pounds worth of pumpkins. Another world record le- was set for the largest mosaic made of pumpkins this week in England. 10,000 pumpkins and squashes were involved in a mosaic. I mean, it does feel like we are really reaching for ever more ludicrous world. I mean, can that does that really count largest mosaic of pumpkins? I'm not sure.
2: Don't hate on the season, Andy. Sorry. You're hating on the season. You get into it. Have them do what I do this time every year is have about five or six pumpkin lattes. Forget that you've drunk them, and then have a complete panic attack when you pee orange. <laughs> I think you're dying. That's, <gasps> Does yeah. it make
1: your pee go orange? Yeah, like really. Yeah. I, I'd argue that that whatever is in your pumpkin spice latte has had very little to do with pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah,
2: it is the it's the I kind of enjoy this time of year in Muswell Hill because the kids come around trick or treating and they're so middle class. Like one year I had a girl knock on the door. I gave her some chocolate and went, "Sorry, is this Cadbury's? No, thanks. (laughs) No, yes.
1: What would she? What's she wanting? Green and blacks,
2: is it? Yeah, Um, green and blacks. You know, eh. give me something fancy. Ritter Sport
0: or nothing. Crime news now and, uh, well, an exciting bit of uh, crime in Poland in um, which police have arrested a man who pretended to be a mannequin, uh, stood in a shop window until the shop had closed and then stole stuff from the shop. What was most impressive about it? So he basically stood in the shop window holding a bag like a mannequin would. What was most impressive about it was how little he looks like a mannequin uh, because mannequins <laughs> generally quite smartly dressed, especially in a fucking clothes shop. And this guy, look, I'm not in a position to give people fashion or smartness advice, but if you're going to pretend to be a mannequin, put some effort in. Yeah, but smarten yourself up, smooth your face a bit, you know, get, get, sort your hair out. and just stand there in a scruffy looking T-shirt holding a bag. It was pathetic for me.
2: <laughs> I'm into this. I did anyone else feel like this is, this is a plot of an 80s romantic comedy? Just a bloke trying to make a
1: woman fall in love with him while nothing's going to stop us now, please. (laughs) I mean, is this on the guy in the window or is this on everybody else who didn't notice? (laughs) Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, he did How did he get away with that? And you deserve to be stolen from if you don't notice that there is a breathing mannequin in your front window. But I kind of think this guy's iconic and a legend
2: because it wasn't just robbing from a jewelry store. He also, on another occasion, it says he went to a restaurant to eat before slipping under the roller shutters at the entrance to a store to swap his clothes for new ones. This sounds like it's like a prank show. (laughs) <laughs> like are we sure this is a genuine crime has happened? Cuz I kind of like the refreshing
1: old school cat burglar vibe, you know? It's funny that he he does this trick in order to like steal clothing cuz if he just came to Covent Garden he could just stand still and make a fortune. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, elections news now, and well, let's stay in Poland for um, uh, well the results of the recent Poland election. And at the moment, we take any little morsel of hope here at the Bugle. Uh, I will admit, I'm not intimately familiar with Polish politics, but any time I read the words, far-right populist party does less well than last time, uh, I'm more than happy to jump on board. Uh, it, the Polish election recently had a record turnout, 74%, the highest since the fall of communism, 85% of voters in Warsaw... Voted, And the right-wing Law and Justice Party looks set to uh, lose its place as uh, uh, Poland's government. Despite getting more votes than any other party, it's going to be unable to form a coalition. And Donald Tusk's civic coalition centrist party uh, is set to lead a new government. I mean, it's been a tough time to be not a fan of right-wing populist politics in the world in the last 10 years or so. So at least this, this, this feels like a moment of light in what has been a difficult time for Europe as a continent and humanity as a species.
1: For me, what I thought was fascinating about this, which I thought was very clever, and I think we need to spread the word about this, is that the way that the opposition told their young, and it, it, first of all, it's younger voters. It's younger voters that really came out in mass in in larger numbers than they ever had before. I think it was something like 68, 69 percent of them came out versus 46 percent in the last election. But what they told them to do was deregister. So they're all living in Warsaw, living their young, happy lives. And they said deregister from being a voter in Warsaw and go out and go to this constituency and that constituency and just. Basically, they did the opposite of gerrymandering, and I love them for it. <laughs> they just went, screw gerrymandering. You go and register in all of these places. So they all went and registered in different places. They had to keep the polls open. And the, I think the last vote was cast at 2.41 in the morning because they weren't expecting that many voters. But they had to keep the lines open. And then the community came out, and they were feeding people in the line. And then pizza, you know, a pizza company came and gave everybody free pizza. <laughs> and then everyone went, oh, my God, the pizza people, they're so nice. So then they all gave the pizza. Pizza company money and then the pizza company went we we don't need all this money so they gave it to charity like it was this beautiful domino knock-on effect of of positivity and and wonderfulness and they 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 got the the party that they didn't want out of government and i think it's important for people to know that i mean okay we say far right and i suspect that most bugers listening are all on we're all on the same team as we've been saying in terms of not wanting them in but th- this particular party the pis they wanted uh, they almost completely banned abortion a couple of years ago. They were not happy following EU rules, and they were even making noises about taking Poland out of the EU. And again, Poland, quite rightly, just went, uh, oh, excuse me, don't know if you saw what happened to the UK, but we're not happy with that decision, especially because we, we, we need to work in places like that. We often go out there and work in places like that. But bottom line, I think that the take-home from the story is if you want to get a job done, Hire the Polish, because they get it done.
2: <laughs> I uh, I was upset by the headline, which just said, women and youth force piss from power. <laughs> and I thought, could we work on that, guys, as headlines go? Not the greatest.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Bugle. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with Nish Kumar and Hari Kondabolu. Um, If you want to hear more of me, the News Quiz uh, finishes its series this coming week and you can hear past episodes on BBC Sounds or after a few weeks on other podcast apps. We will have news of some live Bugle shows uh, early next year, hopefully within the next week or two. So watch this audio space. We will have details on that uh, very soon. Uh, Tiff, anything to plug?
2: Uh, Well, you should listen to some episodes of Catharsis. They're there, they're out there in the uh as part of the Bugle Network. So have a listen to those, catch up on those. Um I have some shows coming up, Old Rope, and also I'm in a film. So if you like <gasps> comedy horror, go check out Slaughterhouse. Um uh, it's out on uh, it's out on Hulu in the US, I think, and uh and Paramount in in the UK. So um it's very silly <laughs> and fun. So, cool. you know, it's Halloween, so <laughs>
0: Um,
1: I am on tour. Still sort of UK and Europe because I know a lot of people are listening from all over the world. But please find me on social media and say hi anyway. I'd love to say hi. Every so often I have a bugler show up at a, at a show and it's so exciting to meet you all in person. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be on tour. I'm about to announce a whole bunch more dates uh, around the UK and Europe. So keep an eye out for that.
0: Uh, Thank you for listening. Buglers, if you want to join the Bugle Voluntary Subscription Scheme to help keep this show free, flourishing and independent, go to thebuglepodcast.com. And if you join as a premium-level voluntary subscriber, you will have exclusive subscriber-only access to our new monthly Ask Andy show, where I field all the questions you can possibly ask, apart from the ones I choose not to answer for reasons I'll keep to myself. Uh, Anyway, so do do that. Thank you for all of those who do contribute uh, to The Bugle and we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now?